want to thank everybody for being here. I really mean it. I'm a Green Bay class. Bob and Harvest love you guys. We are so happy to see you. And we just, I don't know how to say it. Um, but I also want to say some people have expressed concerns about being in the brief. I will say this. I recommend wearing it, but if you're really having trouble, if you're sitting there, just, you know, just be respectful. People, some people are, um, so I'm not going to require it, but I'm going to recommend it. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yes. Just be respectful, and because uh, everyone has different comfort levels. So, my myself, I don't like wearing it, but I'm going to wear it. But again, everyone's different. You know, some people, it really causes them to, you know what I'm saying? But if you're sitting down, you're quiet, you're around your family member, I'm not going to yell at anybody. I really want people to be here. I want you to be comfortable. And I want you to enjoy this. Any questions? See me after. I apologize. But love you guys. We're so happy to have you. That's all I can say. Oh, and if you drink a lot of coffee in the morning, you go to the bathroom. I get it. <laughs> oh, she'll just do it quietly. And <laughs> <laughs> Just in case nobody knew, there's the bathroom. <laughs> yeah, soundproof. Double layer, triple layer. <laughs> Good morning. Good morning. My name is Greg Maloney from the Green Bay Branch, and I will be your moderator for this morning's class. Welcome to school. This is a school and not a church, and neither are we affiliated with any religious organizations. This school is a nonprofit, non denominational, religious, and scientific research organization dedicated to showing proof of the existence of Yahweh, our Elohim, and the operation of his eternal purpose, pattern, and plan, operating through eternity to this present day. This school was established as a result of a divine vision and revelation given to our founder, Dr. Henry Clifford Kinley, in the state of Ohio in the year 1931. We were incorporated in the state of California in the year 1958. We hold classes in the United States, Canada, and certain other foreign countries. The Green Bay branch was established in the year 1975. The dean of the Green Bay School is Dr. Andrew Ricardo. The president is Dr. Michael Josephson. And the vice president is Dr. Tina Willicott. In this school, we use the truth correct an original name of our father our word or son and the holy spirit which are contained in the original hebrew text the true name of our heavenly father is yahweh it has been improperly substituted by lord the true title for the word or son is elohim it has been improperly substituted by god the name of the holy spirit whether manifested in or out of a physical body is Yahshua. It has been erroneously substituted by Jesus Christ. Lord and God are titles and not names. The Apostle Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, tells us in 1 Corinthians 8 and 5 
that there are Lord's many and God's many. But we now know that each Lord must have a name and each God must have a name also. Elohim is a title, but unlike Lord or God, Elohim is a divine title. This means that this is a title that our creator chose for himself. Jesus is a name, but it is an erroneous name. A minor investigation on your part into any good dictionary or encyclopedia would prove that neither the Hebrew language, the Greek language, nor the Latin language have any characters or letters in their alphabet that would produce the sound that is made by this letter J. Neither was there a letter J in our own English language until some 1400 years after the Messiah's death. Therefore, such names as Jesus and Jehovah are impossible renderings of the true and original name of our Father and His Son. Christ is a title just like Lord and God. Yahweh is pure spirit, and in this state, He is incomprehensible and inscrutable. He is the ultimate source, substance, limits, and bounds of everything. We have Yahweh symbolized on this chart as a cloud. Yahweh is not a cloud. He merely chose a cloud to symbolize himself because a cloud has no particular or descriptive shape and form. We've drawn this cloud all around the edges of this chart to show you that everything on the chart is within the cloud. In like manner, everything in the universe abides within the pure spirit state of Yahweh. Yahweh knowing that man could not perceive of him in this pure spirit state took on shape and took on form right within himself as Elohim. This is the word or son, a super incorporeal being that is having the shape and form of a man but without flesh and blood. This form could only be seen in divine visions and understood in divine revelations. Later on, this self-same spirit manifested himself into a physical body and walked the earth plane is Yahshua the Messiah, whom the world calls Jesus Christ. Now there is only one name given on the salvation. The simple yet intelligent question you should all ask yourselves is, what was the name of the Savior during the time he walked the earth plane? A further understanding of this name and title may be had by reading the preface of a holy name Bible. Also in this school, we teach by the divine pattern of the universe. It is called the divine pattern because it is Yahweh's pattern. After Yahweh led the children of Israel out of Egypt, he called Moses to atop of Mount Sinai, and he showed him the tabernacle pattern and division. Yahweh instructed Moses to build one exactly like it in the wilderness of Sinai. The tabernacle pattern consists of a most holy place, a holy place, and a court round about. These three compartments make up the one tabernacle pattern. In this school, we show proof how everything in the universe is made and operates according to the structure and function of this threefold tabernacle pattern in that absolutely nothing escapes the pattern. Our school has 10 primary constitutional aims and objectives, and they are as follows. First, to help you find and know 
Yahweh our Elohim as he really is and actually exists. <coughs> Second, to form a nucleus of universal brotherhood of humanity in Yahshua the Messiah without distinction of race, nationality, creed, sex, caste, or color. Third, to investigate the unexplained spirit and so-called law of natures and powers latent in man. Fourth, to encourage and promote the studies of the scriptures, comparative religion, psychology, philosophy, modern, practical, or occult science. Fifth, to extirpate current superstition, skepticism, and ignorance. Sixth, to learn, know, and understand the operation of Yahweh's eternal purpose through the dispensations and ages. Seventh, to discern and avoid being deceived by Lucifer, the serpent, the devil, the dragon, or Satan and his demons operating the mystery of iniquity on earth through the dispensations of time. Eighth, to earnestly contend for the common salvation in faith which was once delivered unto the sons or children of Yahweh. Ninth, to make known that Yahweh from the beginning ordained there is no other name given among men, whereby man can be saved, saving the name of Yahshua the Messiah. Intent to inherit eternal life now in the kingdom of Yahshua the Messiah with the hope of immortal glorification in a new earth state. Our watchword is peace and our slogan is speak the truth. For this class, we will be having a three speaker format each speaker will have approximately 40 minutes to present. And um, before I call upon the prayer and the rest of our discourse, I'd like to recognize um, the branch, uh, visiting branch members. I'll try to do what Jeff did the other day and just go off my memory. So if I, once I call you, if you can show a hand or just recognize. So Southfield, Michigan. Lansing, Michigan, um, Orlando, Florida, you guys are really selling it, Tampa, Florida, Madison, Wisconsin, Syracuse, New York, North Side, Chicago, Charlotte, South, North Carolina, Oceanside, California. Sorry, guys. Is that it? We got a Dakota here. Green Bay, Wisconsin. So I would like to ask everybody in attendance, please remember to hold your questions and comments until the after the lecture, and at that time, they can get addressed with one of the speakers. I'd like to call our for a prayer. Will be okay. All right. <laughs> will be from Tampa, Florida. Um, president. Yeah. Yeah. No. Pres no? Okay. All right. You are in my mind. Chuck <laughs> Marshall. And our, and our scripture reading is going to be Hebrews, the first chapter. 
we all <clears throat> bow our hearts and minds unto Yahweh and uh, okay, thank you. ask him to cause our minds to be at ease and to relax and enjoy what's about to be presented. We ask that he clear our minds of all our carnal garbage and to inspire the speakers and to tell us what we need to hear, not what we want to hear. And with that, let's all declare our This morning's scripture reading is Hebrews, the first chapter. Yahweh Elohim, who at sundry times and in diverse manners, spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets, hath in these last days spoken unto us by his Son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the worlds, who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person, and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high, being made so much better than the angels as he hath by an inheritance obtained a more excellent name than they. For unto which of the angels said he at any time, Thou art my son, this day have I begotten thee. And again I will be to him a father, and he shall be to me a son. And again, when he bringeth in the first begotten into the world, he saith, And let all the angels of Elohim worship him. And of the angels he saith, Who maketh his angels spirits, and his ministers a flame of fire? But unto the Son he saith, Thy throne, O Yahweh, is forever and ever. A scepter of the righteousness is the scepter of thy kingdom. Thou hast loved righteousness and hated iniquity. Therefore, Yahweh, even thy Elohim, hath anointed thee with the oil of gladness above thy fellows. And thou, Yahweh, in the beginning hast laid the foundation of the earth, and the heavens are the works of thine hands. And they shall perish, but thou remainest, and they all shall wax old as doth a garment. And as a vesture shalt thou fold them up, and they shall be changed. But thou art the same, and thy years shall not fail. But to which of the angels said he at any time, Sit on my right hand until I make thine enemies thy footstool? Art they not all ministering spirits, sent forth to minister for them who shall be heirs of salvation? Again, that was Hebrews, the first chapter. Before I call upon the first speaker for this morning's lecture, 
I'd like to just recognize our returning visitors for this morning's class. We really appreciate you coming down and studying with us. Our first speaker will be a visiting branch member from Southfield, Michigan, Dr. Rhonda Brazil. Testament to how prayer changes nothing. <laughs> I am always glad to be in attendance. But you know, you have to accept Yahweh's will. The things that Yahweh Elohim has shown us by this divine vision and revelation are revolutionary in that they completely dispel the ignorance, the confusion, and the misinformation that we've received all our lives in our previous religious affiliations. Yes, there is something that you can know for sure about your Heavenly Father. And it's only fair, truly, that if God knew that we were all searching for him and didn't know where he was and didn't understand what this life was about, that he would tell somebody the truth about what's going on. And that's what happened in the year 1931 Yahweh himself, the creator of heaven and earth, gave a man by the name of Henry Clifford Kelly a divine vision and revelation. And it took me many years to understand exactly what that meant. He showed him what it was that was his purpose. Yahweh showed Henry Clifford Kelly his purpose from beginning to ending. And he explained to him exactly what he meant. That's awesome. And what Dr. Kinley delivered to us was not just the vision, but the explanation. So we, he didn't leave anything for us to figure out. He told us what he meant by it. You understand? And that is what we have received freely. That's what we give freely. Now, Yahweh introduced himself as you didn't know who I was before. They called my name and said I was Rhonda Brazil from Southfield. That's only a glimmer, you know. That's the general area I'm from. You don't know the details until I explain those details. So just as the man does that from a natural standpoint, Yahweh did that from a spiritual standpoint. This chart here explains what Yahweh has revealed about his supernal nature. I uh, had the experience of seeing a gentleman on a motorcycle with a license plate that said, yes, you. It said this, Y-E-S-H-U, yes, you. And I stopped him, beep, beep, beep. <laughs> what does your license plate mean? He said, well, Yeshua is a shortened form of Yeshua. I said, you know Yeshua? He said, 
Hebrew. He said, it's not pronounced Yahweh, it's pronounced Yahweh. I said, you know what? <laughs> now see, we've come across this, okay? Now, I'm telling you, Roxanne, my name is Rhonda. Not Wanda, because when I was two, I used to say Wanda. And they said, oh, Wanda. I said, no, Wanda with an R, not Wanda with a W. <laughs> so I'm telling you what my name is. You don't tell me what my name is. So it's, it's, it's Wanda, right? No, it's Rhonda. And you know, everybody, everybody corrects that, okay? So what Yahweh did, he introduced himself by divine vision and revelation, and he told us how to pronounce his name. Doesn't that make sense? Yeah. Don't you think he would know what his name is and how he would pronounce it? You don't need to correct him about his name. Okay? Yahweh. And this name isn't just a moniker. It is a description. Right. We didn't understand that. But this name describes who he is, and that's why there is no suitable substitute. The Lord is not even a name. You don't put bug for the proper names. And the Lord was a title of nobility that was inserted into your Bible when it was translated into the English form. It was not originally in English. It was not originally in chapters and verses. That's not how the Bible was written. It was originally written when it was spoken by Yahweh through his superincorporeal form that he appears to man in visions and revelations. Yahweh is pure spirit. And in this state, he is inscrutable and incomprehensible, as the moderator told you. Yahweh, in the divine vision, described himself that way. He's explaining that he cannot be understood while he is in this pure spirit state. Mm -hmm. And in this state, he introduced himself as having nine principal divine attributes. And what that means is the nine principal ones, because he's describing to you who he is, he's breaking himself down in the simplest form he can convey to your natural mind. Yahweh has many more attributes than nine. Right. He's telling you about nine principal ones for a reason. Because this superincorporeal, I'm sorry, this state of abstraction, you understand that you cannot understand, he took on, Yahweh himself, a specific shape and form known as Yahweh Elohim. And what these nine principal attributes did, what Yahweh did, was put these attributes in a set order. And he's telling you what is contained within that shape and form. We have another chart called the 40 plate chart that has the first plate being this tabernacle pattern, which is what Yahweh Elohim described himself as to Moses in the mountain in the year 1490 after he took the children of Israel out of Egypt. He called Moses atop Mount Sinai and showed him himself and his breakdown. That's what this tabernacle pattern is. The breakdown of the inner workings of Yahweh Elohim. Now that's profound. You wouldn't have thought 
that God would give an explanation of his inner workings. But that's what he did. He introduced himself, and we mean for real. So he introduced himself as the archetype, which means original pattern of the universe. That's what Yahweh Elohim is. That's why these attributes and set position is important. And we understand that by the things that are made. So he told Moses and showed Moses this divine pattern, and he told him to make one exactly like it. Don't bet, don't bop, don't change, don't tweak, don't alter, don't improve, don't disprove. Do it just like I told you. Yahweh's telling these things for a reason. So as these nine divine attributes came into this set position, when he showed Moses this tabernacle, he told them about nine vessels in a set position. Now we understand that, don't we? Now you can see, yes, nine attributes in set position. Yeah, nine vessels in set position. So they didn't have the authority to change where it goes. Put it in there exactly like I have it, because that's exactly what this is. In there exactly like he wants it. And as he is operating in this form, this is Yahweh still. This is one of the things that Yahweh introduced to, to us. And he made us to understand it because he made the creation to reflect it. So I just told you, Roxanne, my name is Rhonda with an R, not Rhonda with a W. My middle name is Rocha. My last name is Brazil. I said, my name is Rhonda Rochelle Brazil. I have a nickname that the little kids call me, which is Ro Ro. <laughs> Ro Ro. So Ro is R H O R O. Not R O R O. I used to do R O R O, but I changed it to R H O R O. Ro Ro. It's on the Zoom. Ro Ro. And so that's what the little kids call me. And I have no idea where it came from. But that's what I made it. But I said name. I didn't say my names were. I said name, Rhonda Rochelle Brazil. One name. This is one name, Yahweh Elohim Yahshua. The name is Yahweh. Elohim is his divine title. Yahshua is his name and description of his mission and purpose. Yahweh is salvation is what Yahshua means. And Melissa wrote a beautiful song called Prayer. So Yahweh is salvation. That's what Yahshua means. It's so pretty. I hope you sing it. I hope you sing it. This is, that's what Yahshua means. Yahweh is salvation. So this is one name. And even when we understand that Yahweh's introduction of who he is is contained in his name, because Yah in Hebrew, now why is it Hebrew? Very simple. When he introduced his name for the first time to mankind is recorded in your Bible in Exodus, the third chapter, 313. He's speaking to a man named Moses who was born in Egypt, but he was of the Hebrew lineage. He was raised in the Egyptian culture as Pharaoh's wife's daughters. So he was a grandson of Pharaoh, supposedly. But he was adopted into their family and raised in their culture until Yahweh saw fit to call him and distract him and separate him out because he has a purpose. 
And so I'm not going to go into the next speaker. I'm laying a foundation for the next speaker. And so see, when he called Moses out, he called Moses to this burning bush back here and introduced himself. And you might as well get it. Exodus 3 and 13. And we'll start there. He introduced himself. Now Moses is a Hebrew. So he's not going to speak to Moses in Italian, Spanish, Swahili, or English. He spoke to Moses, the Hebrew man, in Hebrew. Now that just makes sense. <laughs> we understand that. So the name originally written was in Hebrew. That's why you see these Hebrew characters up here. Yo is equivalent to our English Y, equivalent in sound. Yo, your, yellow, ya. H or hey here is the Hebrew character as equivalent to our H, equivalent in sound. Hey, him, how, hello. H. The what here is equivalent in sound to our W. What, where, what, and the H again. So Y-H-W-H are the consonant letters of the Heavenly Father's name. Well, we don't know how it's pronounced. I just told you. <laughs> Yahweh gave a vision, told you it's pronounced Yahweh. That's pronounced. But we don't, we, don't, we don't wrestle with that because he proved how it's pronounced. He said, let everything that have breath praise Yahweh. That's in Psalms 150 and 6. So you got fight on the backyard. You got the birds of the heavens. You got the bees. You got the ants. And they have breath. And how do they breathe? Inhale. Exhale. We don't question how it's pronounced. It's pronounced. We don't. Well, maybe it's Yahweh. <laughs> maybe it's Yahweh. That's how Yahweh did it. He introduced himself and told you how he pronounced his name. You know what he's talking about. Yahweh. But not only this name pronounced that way, but it has a meaning. When he introduced himself to Moses, which we're about to read, Moses asked a very important question. Go ahead and read it so I can get to it. Exodus chapter 3 at verse 13. Right. And Moses said unto God. He's back here on the Mount of, of Horeb, the Mount of Yahweh, and he's seen this... <clears throat> burning bush. It's a whole another story. And so here he's introduced to Yahweh. Yahweh tells him, you understand? I am the God of your fathers. He's afraid to look upon God. Took off his shoes from off his feet. You know, you're in the presence of Yahweh Elohim. And so here he's saying to Yahweh, he's peering to him in his bush. He says, when I go down there to the land of Egypt, he was raised in Egyptian culture, so he knows something about this down here. And that is that they had many, 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 many gods. If you don't believe that, you go yourself to your art institute, wherever it is here in Green Bay. Go up to the Egyptian section, because almost every art institute has an Egyptian section. Because they were all these prolific artists, and they had all this culture, and it was so profound and these people back there had such intelligence, blah, blah, blah. So they have it all in the museum. You'll see all these different gods. The Beatles are God. Horus and Thoris and Isis and, you know, all these different gods. All the gods had names. There are many, like hundreds. And so you see that. And so Moses knows this. So he can't go down there and say, God sent me. Which one? Thor, I just said that. Thor was somebody else, I'm sorry. You know, Thor is, you know, whoever, whoever of the gods were. All this different stuff. Cows and beetles and bugs and bats and everything was a god. And they all had names. So he couldn't go down there and say, you're gods and people? Which one? So that's what he's saying to him here. God, when I go down there, 
Go ahead and read. Do you want me to repeat that? Yeah, go ahead. All right. Moses said unto God, Behold, when I am come unto the children of Israel, mm -hmm. and I shall say unto them, The God of your fathers has sent me unto you. They shall say to me, What is his name? Mm -hmm. What shall I say unto them? That's a very profound question. The one we didn't ask when we were out there, God, what is your name? We assumed God was the name. No, it's not a name at all. God is a title, a deification. It does not, that's not a name. So he asked him, what's the name? And what does he say to him? Verse 14, and God said unto Moses, I am that I am. Now that's King James Version. But what he said in the Hebrew, remember he's saying Hebrew, he ain't talking in English. He said in the Hebrew, he said this phrase right here. You can see it. The phrase is Ayah Asher Ayah. I'm going to write it over here. Yeah, I know it. I'm going to write it here in the middle because people over here can't see it. So it's Ayah Asher Ayah. Or Ayah. Okay? So here you see right here this very curious thing. Yah. See that? Just like Yahweh. Yah. Because this Yah means something. This phrase means I will, let's be dramatic, do it in a different color. Okay, we'll do it in purple. Thank you for having different color things. I will be what? I will to be. This verb to be is Yah. In Hebrew, you check this out. This is a research organization. You look that up. What is the verb to be in Hebrew? It's Yah. And they have changed this in the Hebrew language. They've changed it because they believe that Yahweh is too sacred to pronounce. So a whole lot of gibberish we'll get to it. maybe today, maybe when you come back. Maybe you want to ask that question. Why do y'all say that? You understand? You can go to the Jewish rabbi. What's, what's the name of the Heavenly Father? We can't pronounce that. They do this, which I find just tremendously remarkable. Because yeah. they don't want to pronounce the Heavenly Father's name. <laughs> That's not even his name. <laughs> you know? <laughs> well, you're taking the whole house. Because they don't use the house. So they, they, say, they write it like this. <laughs> Anyway, so if you ask them, they will tell you it's not pronounced. We had some Hebrew uh, students come to my high school. One of the things I found out about the Israeli culture is that every single person in their country is a soldier. Love that. When you graduate from high school, you have to do a two-year stint in the military. So everybody in Israel is part of the army. That's a spiritual principle, ain't it? Everyone in Israel, they were an army. And listen, that's what Yahweh did back here. By the time they come up out of Egypt, in, in Egypt they were shepherds. In Goshen, because the Egyptians thought shepherds were an abomination, you know, no. They're stinky people. Get them up. So they stayed in Goshen, they went in Egypt. And so they were shepherds down here. No bullets, no spears, no guns, no knives, moving sheep, you know. And so by the time they come out here, Yahweh organizes them. This is something we learn about Yahweh. He is organized. He will put things in order. You too put you in order. Yes. It's not no willy-nilly with Yahweh. That whatever, Yahweh, didn't you accept this whatever? No. <laughs> he does nothing like that. Puts 
Lord. He had them anointed with holy anointing oil to officiate airlessly in here. Yes. Put things in order. So he organized. These people were all willy-nilly out there. They uh, out here put you in a tribe, put you under banners, put you in a, give you a commandment, a law of commandments that you operate by. That shows you something spiritually. Yahweh, you out there in the world, just live and let live yeah, but you better live according to and conform to the image of his dear son. He's not playing about that. So this is what prefigured. This is what explained that out here in the wilderness. He put them in order. You understand? And so when they are placed in order around this sanctuary, given a name. See, they didn't have it. They had the names of their fathers, but they put them under banners. The eagle. The lion, these were their banners. The ox and the man, him, Elohim. That's his divine title. He chose that. You understand? So when Yahweh organized them, you understand out here in this wilderness, that shows you. He took them, put them in order, reformed them, if you will. And by the time they got to Canaan land, they were an army. <laughs> you understand? Joshua, the captain, coming through his Rahab said, we knew you come. We knew it. And Yahweh in the army of Yahweh. They were shepherds. But no, you in the Salvation Army now. <laughs> literal state of Israel is. Everybody is part of the army. So that, because they're a little nation stuck between all the enemies. The, the, the Arabs that surround them. Being, they were just recently attacked. You know what I'm saying? They say Israel's the aggressor. Israel can do no fault. You know what I'm saying? Well, they the ones shooting at us. Well, you know what I'm saying? That's God's army. You know what I'm saying? And Yahweh said this over on this side after that point of the Holy Spirit. He says, who shall lay anything to the charge of Yahweh's elect? That gives you a great responsibility. That does not mean you do whatever. Because if you do whatever, talk about you from Yahweh, acting a fool, he will burn you for that. Because you do not misrepresent who Yahweh is. Dr. Kelly, our founder, admonished that. Very important. You put them in order. They represented something. When they didn't do that, when they were in Canaan land, Yahweh spoke of that to the prophets. As we sent the prophets to tell them, you're out of order. You profane my name. It's his name. It's Yahweh. Elohim. One who is, who will be. <coughs> Elohim. When they didn't know him as Yahweh, they knew him as El Shaddai. El Shaddai. Let's put that in red. El Shaddai. And that meant Shaddai. I A or A I? A I. Okay? This meant Almighty Provider. So he told Abraham, offer up your only son Isaac. But I gave you, beyond your childbearing years, to your wife. He provided. Isaac in the first place, then he's going to provide a sacrifice in Isaac's stead. So he has a ram caught in the thickets. You go back and read the story yourself. El Shaddai. So El means Almighty. That's what this means. El, Almighty. So here he is, Yahweh Elohim. You know, he's the Almighty. This Him, Elohim, Elohim is plural, not singular. See, God is singular. Lord is singular. Elohim is plural. 
Because Yahweh, you understand, he's both masculine, feminine, father and mother of us all. He is male and female right within himself. That's just impressible. He's spirit. Uh, understand this. Yeah. Yahweh is the ultimate source and substance of everything. Mm -hmm. He has the power within himself, by himself, to generate a creation. Right. He doesn't need a goddess. He has everything to procreate. So that's what makes him in principle, male and female, right within himself, and that's the way he introduced himself. And he said, let us make man in our likeness and in our image. So when the man was created, that's Genesis 5th chapter, male and female created he, them, and called their name Adam. Why? Because he's in the likeness and image of Yahweh Elohim, male and female. What Yahweh is in true spirit, he just took on shape and form. He's male and female too, generating the entire creation within himself. We're talking about principal male and female, not talking about this male and female. So he's able to generate, he's the generator. This Yahweh element, life giver, you understand? So the man reflects that as well. Yahweh made it very simple. This physical is the image of this one. This is the reality. This is the image, the reflection. You understand, like the mirror. This is the image. We talked about it last night or yesterday in class. This sun is an image. This is a reflection of this sun. As there's only one in the universe that provides life to this planet, you don't think so. I mean, you know, what does it take? <laughs> you don't think so. Yes, it does. Provides life to this planet. Seasons of the year that you're experiencing right now is because you're moving closer or further from the sun. So in the winter time, when this, 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 now we, we teach about everything down here. Listen, natural sciences conform to what Yahweh say. It's the natural that he created to testify of himself. So we don't have an excuse not understanding. So when that, that, um, that planet, this earth, rotates around the sun, and when it gets further, it's winter. What grows in winter? What life is there in winter? Everything has died off the trees and is buried in snow. You need the sun to bring life. So when it's rotating back toward that sun, and the buds are coming out on the trees, and the, the birds are back, and the grass is growing, and then it's closer, and it's hot, and it's all this, you know, flies everywhere, and you gotta mow the grass all the time. <laughs> life, life abundantly, too. Deer everywhere, flies everywhere, just life, back to life. That shows you this sun is a reflection of this sun. Right. In him was life. You don't have life without him. Right. You better be close to him, too. Right. Can't be far from him. You understand? Got to be close to him, like incorporated in him. <laughs> to have life, you understand? That's what he did to reflect that. Now, Dr. Kelly explained that this sun out here that you see that's so brilliant that we was explaining yesterday, burn your eyes out as you look at it. That's, he said it like this, darker than a thousand million midnights compared to the real one. Wow. That ain't wow. even the real one. Wow. Has that much power, it's not even the real one. That's awesome. That's the element we're talking about. This is an introduction to your creator as he really is and actually exists. So he is the one who is, the Almighty, is, one who is, salvation. That's what Shua means in Hebrew. One who is, the Almighty, is salvation. That's what he declared himself to be. That's what he introduced himself to be. 
I will be what I will to be. And what is that? Salvation. So when he, this, this makes that Ten Commandment movie all the more different. When he told Moses to go down there, tell this Pharaoh who thought he was a god, that Yahweh Elohim, the Elohim of Israel, says, let my people go that they may worship me. He said, who is this Yahweh? I don't know this Yahweh. That's what the world says. We don't know Yahweh. Well, Yahweh is the one who is. The reason you exist. You understand? And he gave Pharaoh a lesson. That's what this was down here. When you understand Yahweh's purpose, he introduced himself. He's showing you something about who he is. When he gave this lesson down here, do you understand that everything that he attacked in those ten plagues was a God? Yes. He's declaring he's the Almighty. There is no other God, and in reality, there isn't. The gods that they worship were their imaginary concepts that they erected as statues and, and emphasis. They don't exist. It's not real. And that's what he made the point of down here. With all their many gods, he attacked every one of them systematically. And they found out these things are statues. Moses yeah. God is God. That's what they declared. That's in your Bible. And that's what Yahweh made the point of. He said, nobody can deliver after this manner. That was the point. He's the salvation. He's the deliverer. Yahweh. And he says that. You were reading. Exodus 3. Did we finish that? <laughs> we did. Okay. So where he's introducing himself as Yahweh, and then he describes himself to Moses. I'm sorry, I read that, yeah. Exodus 3, verse 15. And God said, moreover, unto Moses, thou shalt thou say unto the children of Israel, Yahweh, the Elohim of your fathers, the Elohim of Abraham, and of Isaac, and of Jacob, hath sent me unto you. Right. This is my name forever. He said, Yahweh, the Elohim of Isaac, Elohim of Jacob, Elohim of Abraham, this is my name forever. And that's the name that he took down there. But he gave him this description first. I will be what I will to be. We won't read this, but if you go on into the fourth chapter, he shows Moses this, I will be what I will to be. Moses had a rod in his hand. He said, what's that in your hand? It's a rod. Throw it on the ground. It's not a rod no more. Now it's a snake. I will be a rod. I will be a snake. Pick it up, Moses. Pick it up by the tail. It turns back into a rod. The rod was life to the shepherd because it got rid of snakes and it moved the sheep where he wanted. The snake was the, is the predator that the shepherd's always weary of. Life, death, life. Yahweh's showing that. He gave him the witness of the leprosy. You understand? He said, put your hand in your bosom. He pulled it out. It was leprosy snuff. You understand? Leprosy is a disease that turns your skin white. And the leprosy, you know what I'm saying? It was a disease that didn't have cures. You know, didn't have cures back then. And so when he put it back in his flesh, just infecting, infect, when he put it back in, as Yahweh said, come out his healthy flesh again. I will be life. I will be death. I will be life. As he showed it, so most, I will be what I will be. And this Asher, this word here in the Hebrew, you understand, when you go into Strauss Concordance, it means I will be what I will to be. I will be that I will to be. I will be when I will to be. I will be where I will to be. And that's awesome. That's Yahweh. It's not God. It's not 
That's not the same thing with a different name. That's not what you thought about God. He will be whatever he wills to be, whenever he wills to be, however he wills to be, whomever. I will show up in the flesh as your Savior. Isaiah 43 and 11. I want you to get that. I think that's the right one. Yes. That's what he did. Yahweh, who has the power of transmutation, not only transformed into this super corporal form, saying Yahweh, but he also manifested in physical form as Yahshua, the war calls Jesus Christ. That was Yahweh himself manifested in physical form. That was actually our scripture lesson, too. Yahweh, Elohim, who is sundry times and diverse matters, used to speak to us by the prophets. You gotta recognize where Paul is. Paul is in this age, writing to the Hebrews who are Jews, spoken to our fathers by the prophets. He's over here. He's after the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, Pentecost. This is another lecture. Next speaker to get into, but I'm just letting you know that he, back here, Yahweh dealt with them by giving his spirit to prophets who talked to them. And by the prophets, he went to them and said, let's say if Yahweh, Isaiah, Jeremiah, he wrote, let's say if Yahweh on him. He's spoken various matters to the prophets. He's making a distinction, Paul is, between back here when the Holy Spirit was not poured out on all of them, the select ones, those are the prophets that received the Holy Spirit to write and speak. But after Pentecost, he said, but now has spoken unto us by his son, you see, Yahweh Elohim, that spirit, now being poured out into the heart and mind. You understand? And that's what Yahweh said, you prophesied. He said, it will be, you see, your old men will dream dreams, your young men will prophesy, your women, your, you understand? All of them, they, they're now over here with Hebrew men. All of them, you understand? Over here, Yahweh is speaking through by his spirit, his son, the Holy Spirit. You said, whom he made all things, his only begotten, his only one son. So Yahweh introduced himself. He said, Yahweh, this is the Father. This is what he gave us. This was not given to us by Christendom. They did not know this. You understand? Doctrine said like this. Christendom has the shield of faith, the Holy Trinity. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost. Any of you who are Catholics knew that. The Holy Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost. You understand that? You know that. And so here... He said, now, if God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost, then who pray tells the Lord? <laughs> Did I only, see, see, see? We didn't know that. It didn't make no sense. This was all erroneous. We had God who was a separate person, Lord who was a separate person, I guess, and Jesus who was a separate person. And he sent Jesus down to show us how to live a Christian life, and they killed him. And now he had to figure out something else. And Jesus went off on a cloud. And ain't been back since. That's not the way it is. <laughs> Yahweh, who is pure spirit, there's only one spirit. Right. It's like there's one sun. It's like you have one brain. You have one heart. You have one mother. You have one father. I'm talking about the one that biologically bears you. You understand? There's one. One savior. One way. One door. One. One Yahweh. One spirit. Ephesians 4 and 4. Father of all. See, he's the father. When he took our shape and form, this was his only begotten. This is the one that he created. This is the only thing he created, Yahweh. Created this form for himself to operate in. This is the only begotten son. He doesn't have 
This is Yahweh's explanation of himself. No plural S. No plural S. There's one son. This is the Holy Spirit. That set position. You understand? In order. You understand? Operating to do a certain thing. Not just operating willy-nilly. He is going to be salvation. He is salvation. That's what he manifests. That's what his name is. Angels declare what the name is. This is the title. This is his name. Right. Yahshua. That's why Yahweh, Dr. Kelly had put on this chart. Yahweh. Elohim. Yahshua. All in this form. He, these three are one. That's his name. So he manifested in physical form. And that is in John 1 and 1. In the beginning was the word, the word was with Yahweh, the word was Yahweh. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the word was made flesh, the same one. Made flesh, that's what Hebrews is saying. Yahweh in certain time has spoken to us by his son, who by his own self purged our sins. That same son purged our sins. And Return to be on the right hand of the Father. You understand? Same one. Hebrews is literally talking about his trek from pure spirit into shape and form back into pure spirit. He's talking about, talking about the whole thing. That's who we've conversated with. That's who explained this to us. So we do know what we're talking about down here, not because we studied upon it, because yeah. Yahweh told us that he knows what he's talking about. Right. Yahweh told us about this. We didn't study upon this. He told us about this. You understand? So Yahshua. He will be salvation. And listen, every one of your Bible events is describing him as that. The deliverer. That's what he's trying to get you to understand. In him is life. In him is salvation. Isaiah 43 and 11. I'll stop right there. Okay. Isaiah 43 and 11. Right. I, even I, am Yahweh. Right. And beside me there is no Savior. Listen, we used to think it was God or Lord then God beside him, and Jesus beside him. That's what they draw it as, Exodus 3. But he said, I am, I am Yahweh, and beside me, they say besides. It didn't say besides. Right. It says beside. There's nothing beside him. Beside him ain't no Savior. Then you got another one that says, I am Yahweh, beside me, there's no Elohim. There's no, I mean, no God. There's no nothing else. There's nothing else. Beside me. <laughs> He's not just standing next to me. I'm Yahweh. I'm it. He's the only Savior. He had to come in and do it himself, and he did. And it is a beautiful thing to know these things of a surety. Nobody can shake you off the rock no more. Well, maybe it's this, like that guy said, no, that's Hebrew. It's really Yahweh. <laughs> it's Yahweh, and you read that. He proved it. He like, yeah. <laughs> I'm not being you know, I know it all. I had to learn that. Right. And Yahweh right. said this through the person when he personified mm -hmm. as Yahshua. He said, the greatest in the kingdom. Who's the greatest? He said, he took a little kid, sat him there. Mm -hmm. Whoever comes as these little children, as one of these little children, such is the, is the greatest. And I want you to read that. Well, stop there. Matthew 18 and 1. And then he says, and this is what I was thinking about this morning. Whosoever humbles himself. What? You have to come humble to Yahweh. Like a child does to his parent. 
That's what Yahweh told Moses when he broke the first table of stone. You hew you out table like unto the first. Your own table. Take your own heart. Humble yourself. And say, read that, Matthew 18 and 1. And Matthew 3, 18 I think and it 1. Is. Mm -hmm. At the same time came the disciples unto Yahshua, yep. saying, Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? Right. And Yahshua called a little child unto him. Right. And set him in the midst of them. He didn't call one of the Pharisees, one of the scribes, one of the disciples. He called a child. A little child. Said what? And said, Verily I say unto you, uh -huh. except ye be converted mm -hmm. and become as little children. And it takes conversion. You gotta be converted. Because right. adults, we know everything. They don't tell me nothing like that guy said. No, it's Yahweh. Go ahead, read. I'm sorry. Be converted right. and become as little children. Mm -hmm. You shall not enter into the kingdom of heaven. Now, believe what he says. I hope you got something out of it. Hallelujah. Brazil. I'd like to call upon our second speaker for this uh, lecture. It'll be another visiting branch member from Syracuse, New York, Dr. Rick Trevison. The dean. Sorry. Psalms 19, and we'll just get that real quick. Psalms 19, beginning one. And it's basically the same thing as Romans 1, 19, and 20. And you all know what that is. Psalms 19 and 1. The heavens declare the glory of El. And the firmament showeth his handiwork. Now the heavens and the firmament show your creator's 
handiwork. They're a reflection. Here he is painted here, the Arweolin, and then there's a painting of the pattern. And then there's the creation, which is really just the same thing as what's painted up here. Same thing. So that everything here is a reflection of the pattern or of him. And as Rhonda said, he's the original or archetype pattern of the universe. He's the pattern. And the physical pattern that he gave to Moses on top of Mount Sinai is just a pattern of himself. Now, uh, I want to go to the scripture reading because I do want to touch on it. Just read the first three verses. Hebrews chapter 1. Yahweh Elohim, who at sundry times and in diverse manners spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets. By the prophets. And you could pick that up in... Um, uh, 1 Peter 1, 19 and 20. First Peter 1 and 19. But with the, plush, with the precious blood of Yahshua, as of a lamb without blood. No, blemish. it's 2 uh, Peter. Oh, sorry. I knew it was 1 Peter or 2 oh, yeah. Peter. 2 <laughs> Peter 1 and 19. <laughs> We have also a more sure word of prophecy, whereunto ye do well that you take heed, as unto a light that shineth in a dark place, mm -hmm. until the day dawn and the day star arise in your hearts, knowing this first, knowing this first, that no prophecy of the scripture is of any private interpretation. Well, that's what your first speaker was up here trying um, struggling to get you to understand. It's not, this is not any private interpretation. All of this was given to her. Was given to her. And anything I give you was given to me. I wouldn't know any of this. Any of it. I, I argued with people for years before I came down here. And when I came down here, I came down here with the intention of proving it wrong. That was 45 years ago. <laughs> Didn't work out that well for <laughs> Go ahead and read. For the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man. It wasn't by the will of man. But holy men of Yahweh spake as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. As they were moved by the Holy Spirit. By the Holy Spirit. Isaiah didn't sit down and say, well, let me see, what should I write about today? But this is what they think in the world. This is something they have so wrong. Major prophets, minor prophets. Isaiah is a major prophet. Hosea is a minor prophet. They got, they got that all messed up. Um, 
go back to Hebrews. Hebrews 1 and 1. <coughs> Yahweh Elohim, who at sundry times and in diverse manners spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets. By the prophets. Read. Hath in these last days spoken unto us by his son. Hath in these last days spoken to us by his son. That's Yahshua. Yahshua. After the day of Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit was poured out, and that, that Holy Spirit was put in them, what was put in them was what was in Yahshua. Those attributes, that knowledge of the Father, that was put in them. Read, please. Hath in these last days spoken unto us by his Son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things. Now he's the heir of all things, and we're joint heirs with him. If you are in the body of Yahshua, if you are uh, a part of his bride, his assembly, his church, if you are, and you can only be that if he is in you. And then that puts you in him. Read, please. By whom also he made the world. By whom also he made the world. Now wait a minute. It says in John, the first chapter, let's, let's read it.
the creating business. So I had them over here on a shelf, nice and neat. <laughs> then I had another one taking care of all the business, executing everything. And then there was Joshua. So really, without me realizing it, I was still employing that Trinitarian concept. And it's only been in the last several years I'm just, he's just keeps opening up more and more and more of this Godhead. And every time you think you have it understood, throws you a slider. <laughs> Which the Yankees can't hit, by the way. <laughs> So Yahweh, Elohim, and Yahshua are one and the same, and it's all Yahweh. Now, uh, read the next verse, please. Verse 3, who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person. The brightness of his glory. Now, uh, get for me. John 17, start reading in 1. John 17 and 1. These words spake Yahshua and lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour is come. Glorify thy son, that thy son also may glorify thee. Glorify your son so he may glorify thee. It's all about him getting the glory. He's going to be glorified. He's going to, not me, not the Pope. Yahshua is going to be glorified, and Yahweh is going to be glorified. He will be glorified. And every knee is going to bow, and every tongue is going to confess. And you can do it now, or you can do it later. And if you do it later, you will not be happy. Read, please. Two, as thou hast given him power over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to as many as thou hast given him. Now this is Yahshua. He will give eternal life to as many as Yahweh has given him. And look, you are an example of what he's talking about right in this room right here. Read. And this is life eternal, that they might know thee, the only true Elohim and Yahshua whom thou hast sent. And we read this almost every class. Continue to read. I have glorified thee on the earth, I have finished the work which thou gavest me to do. I have finished the work. Read. And now, O Father. And now, O Father. Glorify thou me. Glorify thou me. With thine own self. With thine own self. With the glory. With the glory. Which I had with thee. Which I had with thee. Before the world was. Before the world ever was. We don't read that one every week in class. The glory he had with him before the world was.
to take on this shape and form, he had to divest himself of a whole lot of that glory. And then to come down in this physical body and die the death of an outcast dog, he divested even more of that glory. And now he's saying, now glorify thou me with the glory I have with you. As she said, return back up. And I have with you before the world was. Angelic and physical. Now, I want to refer to this article. Pretty sure this was Time Magazine. Time. June. The sequencing solution. Anything that you want to know about gene sequencing, just, just see Joel after class. <laughs> uh, please just read the stuff I have underlined. If there's an X, then don't read it. Don't read the X, but the underline. Okay. This is called the sequencing solution. Genetic surveillance is the key to controlling future pandemics. Now, genetic sequencing is the key to controlling pandemics. We're talking about, we just, look, we're just coming out of a pandemic. And believe me, we ain't out of it yet. We got a ways to go. Because you got a variant out there now, it's called the Delta virus. Delta variant, and it's deadly. And it's lethal, and it's very infectious, very infectious. And if you're not vaccinated, you are subject to this. You, you have to be very careful. It's just, it's just, I'm just warning you. Read, please. The viral genome. It turns out it's an underutilized pool of useful information about the virus's likes, dislikes, and survival strategies. Now the virus, the genome, okay, what they want to do is, is by understanding it, the genome of the virus, they can understand its likes, its dislikes, and uh, Survival strategy. Survival strategy. Now, virus means what? So we're just going to work with some simple principles here. Simple principles. It's a poison. It's a poison. And a virus has no life. It has no life of its own. It's a bundle of information. It's a bundle of RNA information. It is not alive on its own. It must seek a live host to survive. So what it does is it's, it finds a cell or a host, 
It penetrates that cell. It replicates itself in the DNA of that healthy cell and there, thereby reproduces itself until the cell's dead and then it moves on to the next cell. That's how viruses operate. So it's, uh, no life, empty. Now, if you wouldn't mind, go over to uh, Romans, eighth chapter, and pick it up down around. Thank you. Uh, I want to say eighteen or so. Yeah, 19 is good. Romans 8, verse 19. For the earnest expectation of the creature. Now, the, the creature. Okay? First, you have to define what the creature is. Okay? Am I the creature? Is Rick the creature? No, Rick's soul is the creature. Rick's inner man is the creature. That's the creature. That's the creature, your soul. Read. For the earnest expectation of the creature waited for the manifestation of the sons of Yahweh. It's waiting for the manifestation of the sons of Yahweh. And we want to be a son of Yahweh. We want to be a son, a daughter. We want to be. Mm -hmm. That's our goal. That's why we're down here. Mm -hmm. we're, we're not down here because we're bored on a Sunday morning. <laughs> There's a purpose for it. Right. And it's very important. And it says in the scripture reading there somewhere, or it was over the course of the weekend, his promise. An, an endless life. The promise of an endless life. Right. Now there's an endless life and there's an endless death. Yes. Read, please. Verse 20, for the creature was made subject to vanity. Ah, the creature was made subject to vanity. Now we always talk about when you use the name and you swear and uh, you say God whatever <coughs> we say that swearing that you're using God's name in vain which was nonsense because God's not his name okay but sometimes you don't want to offend people unnecessarily So the vanity 
is like this virus. Because vanity means empty, meaningless, right? Don't we look this thing, these things up all the time? Having no value. Well, that's what the virus is. The virus is a perfect type or example of the mystery of iniquity. The mystery of iniquity is poison. It's poison. And it has no life and it is empty. This mystery, and first of all, I heard somebody recently say, you have the spirit of Yahshua and you have the spirit of Satan. Well, that's not how it is. Yahweh is spirit. And within spirit, you have two mysteries. You have a mystery of righteousness and you have a mystery of iniquity. And you see how this one is in the dark. And this one's in the light. And he has a pride. And this pride, you understand, is... Oh, this is taking me all over the place. <laughs> you know when you're trying to expedite time and you... Uh, Revelation 12 chapter, start reading in one. Revelation 12.1. And there appeared a great wonder in heaven. A great wonder in heaven. Now see, John is looking back. He had to turn and read the first chapter of, of uh, Revelation. And he has to turn and he's going to be verifying, verifying Moses' vision. He's a, he, the book of Revelation is a verification of the law and the prophets. That's what it is. And if you keep that in mind when you read it, it will not be so difficult to understand for you. And it will take the mystery out of it. People think it's about ancient aliens. They think it's about all kinds of weird stuff out here. Because this mystery, he does not want you to know the truth. Does not want you to know the truth. Read, please. Revelations 12, 1. And there appeared a great wonder in heaven. So he sees a great wonder. He saw a whole bunch of great wonders as part of this book of Revelation. Right, right. Read, please. A woman clothed with the sun. A woman clothed with the sun. What woman? You. You sitting in here. Clothed with the sun. Well, wasn't it a nice, beautiful morning out here when we came in and the sun was out, right? No, that's a type. As she said, this is an example. This gives all life to the earth from a physical standpoint. This sun, this sun gives all life to us spiritually speaking. There's no life spiritually without Yahshua providing it. <coughs> so this is an example. This shows, this points to something. This shows us something. A woman clothed in the sun, and here she is. 
and there's the sun, and here she is in the light. Read. And the moon under her feet. The moon on the old covenant under her feet. Or we're not under that old covenant anymore. Anymore. Read. And upon her head a crown of 12 stars. Well, that's good for now. Now in this other mystery, he's got a bride too. But you see, he's fertile. All fertility is in him. There's no fertility in this mystery. But he has a bride, and she's in the darkness. And the moon is over her head. The moon is a reflection of the sun. It can only reflect the sun. The moon has no what? But there are people that think that the moon has light, that the moon gives light. The moon only reflects the light. Just like this mystery. Oh, I want to get on those charts. Eh? It takes too, too long to walk back and forth. <laughs> He deceived this woman up here. He was a beautiful, a beautiful angelic creature. He's described as a serpent, but he was a beautiful angelic creature. And she fell for what he was saying. And I'm getting ahead of myself. The man because of his love for his bride, partakes of the fruit. Because this, if you look on the 40 play chart, it'll show you that when they're up here in this, that this is an example of Yahshua and his bride. And when they were in this situation, their eyes were open to the spirit. But when they partook of this fruit, and he, he, he gave up his life for his bride, just as Joshua gave up his life for his bride. He gave up that physical life for his bride. And they're, they're cast out here, and look, now their eyes are open to the flesh and closed to the spirit. So what happens? They get ashamed. And I've had, I've had people in the other camp tell me, well, he's hiding himself from himself. Stop. <laughs> hiding himself from himself. And they come up with all kinds of things. Instead of just saying, look, he was ashamed. They were ashamed because now they saw that they were naked. They didn't know that before. And here now you see, it says that they would be saved in childbearing. So in other words, the, the sun in the sky is coming down and this sun is coming down. 
just says, just play below it. The sun is rising and the sun in the sky is rising. These reflect one another. Yahshua had to come in and redeem the man where he was lost right. in his soul. He died in his soul. He died in his conscience. And Yahshua made him alive in his soul, in his conscience. That's what he did with us. And I walked around that Catholic church, and I went to confession every week, and I couldn't make it to the next morning to receive the host without <laughs> some sort of tomfoolery. <laughs> Do you understand? Couldn't make it. Just couldn't make it. And then the priest is going to run, well, how come you didn't receive it? You know, I gave you ten fathers and ten Hail Marys, and uh, you had a good rosary, and, uh, and uh, you should have been given absolution. Now, the priest has no authority to give you any kind of absolution. All of this stuff was poison that was given to us. Just poison that was given to us. Where did we leave off? Oh, that's a, that was Revelation. Now I want to go back to Romans, please. In Romans chapter 8, at verse 20, for the creature was made subject to vanity. The creature was made subject to vanity. The creature was made subject to a virus. The creature was made subject to vanity or emptiness or the mystery of iniquity. We were made subject to the mystery of iniquity. Look, everything was predetermined back here. Back here. He had us in him before the foundation of the world. That was all predetermined. And these souls that were in him back here, they, cut, they have to come down and they have to be put in the earth plane and made subject to the devil. He made us subject to the devil. Oh, yes. everybody's sitting in here. Subject to vanity. Subject to vanity. Read, please. Not willingly. Not willingly. But by reason. We, we didn't have anything to say. You know, we didn't have a choice. There was no choice. Oh, I'll take um, I'll take the devil. <laughs> no choice. We were made subject to vanity. Why? Because just as back here, if they don't partake of that fruit and fall, it doesn't set up 
in the purpose, the reason for a Savior. And if we're not down here subject to the devil, we do not need a Savior. And I never even realized that I needed a Savior. I was doing fine. <laughs> My former, really? <laughs> Did you hit that by mistake? <laughs> oh. Okay. <laughs> well, look, we're not going to get any further in that article, but it talks in there about. Let me just have you read one thing. Uh, Time Magazine, June. Just read this for me here. And it's called the Sequencing Solution, Brenda? Okay, thank Joel. Right here? Just read this. Okay, viruses mutate. Viruses mutate. It's what they do. That's what this variant out there right now, the Delta variant, is. It's a mutation. Uh -huh. These are clever things. Clever. Without life. So they're gonna, you know, they need live hosts. If there's no live hosts out there, the virus dies. As long as there's live hosts, it will stay alive and it will continue to mutate. That's what viruses do. Yes. Now, get me, I think it's 2 Corinthians 11 and 13 and 14. Second Corinthians chapter 11, starting at verse 13. For such are false apostles. For such are false apostles. Really? Deceitful workers. Deceitful workers, just like, look, him up here. Deceitful. There's a whole thing we could get a bunch of references about deceit and how we were so badly deceived. And Mitch used to say to us all the time, when you don't know that you don't know, you really don't know. Read. Transforming themselves. Transforming themselves. This is the devil. Right. He transforms just like he transformed himself in that garden mm -hmm. to an angel of what? Light. Beautiful. Wisdom. Beauty. All the attributes. But what? Instead of glorifying the Father, glorifies himself. That corrupts all the attributes. No love of the truth. No love of the truth. It's tough when you're just getting out of a roll in them. <laughs> Go ahead and read, please. Transforming themselves into the apostles of the Messiah. And no marvel, for Satan himself is transformed an angel of light. And no matter, he's transformed into an angel of light. And look, 
He's still on your back. And he will make you think he's still in you. But he's not in you because once you receive the Holy Spirit, you're sealed. And I make wine. And listen, when you bottle it, you cork it. And when it's corked, the, print, the purpose of corking that bottle of wine is to keep bacteria out and air out so that it cannot go bad. It's the same principle with us. Once you're full of the Holy Spirit, you're sealed. And the devil will toy with you, and it's not a cakewalk, and it's not a walk in the park, but look, you have him, he's got your back. And if he be in you, who can be against you? Now go back to Romans and finish where you were there. Romans chapter 8. At verse 20. For the creature was made subject to vanity, not willingly, but by reason of him who hath subjected the same in hope. He subjected us, but in what? Oh. Hope. 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 And I would have loved to go into the beginning of Romans there, see? Where he says, but now, but now, you mean now, since Pentecost, since Pentecost, because the chapter before, Paul was, talks about Paul, hit the former side. And then in 8, he says, but now, since Pentecost, the law of the spirit of life in Yahshua the Messiah, and make me, made me, made me. Whether you want it or not, free from the law of sin and death. So, brethren, be encouraged. And I hope someone's edified by this. I was unable to do it justice. I hope someone got something out of it. All praise. Belongs to Yahshua the Messiah. Thank you very much.
Thank you. Okay. I want to say good morning to everyone. And I want to say that what I have heard preached this weekend was astounding. The lectures just flowed. They were well explained and simple and broken down. And you can't ask for anything better than that. Now, knowing that we have some returning visitors, too, I want to try to just go back into the simplicity that the founder taught us and express to you uh, how this is different than anything out in the world and so, so far more profound than anything you'll ever encounter. Now let me start off by saying this. Dr. Kinley was a sixth grade educated man. He did not have formal training in theology. He did not have a college degree. And he claimed in the year of 1931 that he received a stupendous panoramic vision of revelation straight from the Creator. Now, he didn't want you to believe him. He used to say to us, I want you to make me prove it to your satisfaction. If I can't prove it to your satisfaction, then you have no business believing it. So he asked us not to believe him. Now, when have you ever heard a preacher get up on a Sunday morning on televangelists say, don't believe me today. Make me prove it. Now, this man could answer any question you asked him down through those scriptures that you wanted to know about. He said, you can't ask me a question I can't answer. He knew that Bible before he came into this experience of the vision revelation. He knew the book from cover to cover, it was said that you could quote a scripture he'd tell you the one above it and the one below it. Yet and still, when he had this experience where he was caught up, brought right back here in the realm of eternity with Moses when that vision was given to Moses here on top of Mount Sinai. He said after he had this vision and then the subsequent revelation, which means he saw something, but he didn't understand it at first. The revelation is what was when the creator opened up his understanding that he might understand what had just been shown to him. How many times have you ever gone to a movie? You watch it, you go, you know, I don't know what that movie was about. <laughs> I've had that experience. And you don't enjoy it. I don't care how great the cinematography is or the special effects. When you walk out, you say, so he says, what was the movie about? I don't know. <laughs> what moves you when you see a movie is that what you just watched made so much sense and had clarity that you could relate to that it has an impact on you. Now, this founder, our founder, was shown a panoramic divine vision. And he was asked three times, what will you do with what I've shown you? And he could not answer. After the third time he was asked that question, because he hadn't had the revelation yet, he said that Yahshua just put his spirit in him, and he understood everything that he saw in that vision with great clarity. And he said that he possessed the ability to express it in a way that anybody, whether you don't have any education, could comprehend it and appreciate it. Now, the phenomenal thing that I remember, I was raised a Catholic, as many people got up here, talked about their 
upbringing in various churches and a lot of Catholic uh, speakers this weekend. Yay for the Catholics. <laughs> the reality is we were all taught a concept of a Trinitarian God. We were given and had an image implanted in our mind that there was a God the Father, which they actually had in art and iconically a man, an older man, you know, with gray hair and a beard, and then he had his boy Jesus next to him, and then this dove that they called the Holy Ghost. This is what we were led to believe when we were raised in Catholicism. And, it, and that imagery actually has been down through most of Christianity. The, the, the doctrine of the Trinity, they claim, is the cornerstone of being a Christian. Right. And it's wrong. The word Trinity does not appear anywhere in your Bible. Now, one of the speakers got up and worked with this yesterday. They said, uh, or it might have been Friday night, it's all blending. <laughs> they worked with how that Yahweh said, my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways your ways. Okay. Now, the problem we as mankind are encouraged to develop an intellectual a capacity where we try to think we can ascertain uh, and understand things by reasoning and by uh, deductive uh, processes and so on. Right. Now, here's that's not going to work for you down here. If you say, I have a high IQ, I have the IQ of Einstein, that's a deficit for you <laughs> down here. Because then you'll think you can figure this thing out. Right. You cannot figure this out using your intellectual abilities. This comes by way of revelation and revelation only. The creator must open these things up to you. Now what our founder taught us was this, and these charts were painted to illustrate many aspects of his vision. And so this chart, we call it the Moses chart, and we have this cloud that the moderator talked about that's painted all the way around and that we refer to this as pure spirit. Now what Dr. Kinley taught us was that Yahweh, or what we commonly refer to as the Father, was in a state that cannot be described. It cannot be, you can't draw a picture of it. And he said, and you can't scrutinize it, and you can't understand it. So what happened is, that took away right away the old man with the, with the beard concept right away. In this state, Yahweh is eternal. There is no outside of him. And Dr. Kinley said that the reason why you can't see Yahweh's shape is you'd have to get outside of him to turn around and look back. He said that he is the all in all. There's nothing outside. There is no such thing as outside of Yahweh. Right. And you are made from his spirit, whether you understand that or not. And if you were able to get outside of him, you would cease to exist. <laughs> because you're a part of his spirit. He is in a state of abstraction, as it was already illustrated by one of the speakers. Now, in this state, our founder had this revelation. Now, see, Yahweh can be known only by revelation from Yash or from Yahweh himself and Yahshua the Messiah. Now what our Father had revealed to him is that Yahweh was attributes. This state of pure spirit, as it's already been talked about, were divine attributes 
that comprise the existence of pure spirit. And they are principles that cannot be visualized. They have to be made manifest for you to know what it is. And he even was shown, and I think Rhonda talked about nine primary attributes, which is what Dr. Kelly taught us. And that these attributes of intelligence, knowledge, wisdom, love, beauty, justice, foundation, power, and strength has never been taught in any church or doctrinal information that I've ever, I've never heard a minister anywhere refer to God as being principles. And then tell us which principles. Now, what our founder used to say is this, that Yahweh desired to bring forth offspring. That's creatures, and that's what Rick was talking about. And he wanted to make himself known to his creatures, and in this state, he cannot be known. Because you'd have to get outside. You can't get outside. And you, in that state, could not, and he talks about this in this transcript, you could not grasp the enormity of his intelligence, wisdom, knowledge, or any of those things. It's, it, it's beyond your ability to comprehend. You're in a state of limitations. So what it necessitated him to do was to transform or take on a lesser state of himself. So when he actually brought forth this form that's painted on the chart that it says here, Yahweh Elohim. This form here were these nine attributes put into a certain configuration and formation within the embodiment of Elohim that would demonstrate or manifest the totality of Yahweh back here. And that those could be seen, Elohim could be seen in visions and revelations. Now let me, let me I, there's something in the transcript I'm going to show you. Dr. Kinley talked about how that the Bible has many mistakes in it, uh, mistranslation and particularly interpolations. Now he talked about the scribes that, that copied the, uh, the scriptures back there. What they would do is they would, their copyists as he called them, they would come up with a, an interpretation, an idea of their own, and put that in instead of the word. And that there are mistakes in all the Bibles, and he even points out in this transcript, not just King James, but also in the Holy Name Bible. Now, he showed us a few of them in here. Now, one of the things that he wanted to use to show that is, I want King James Version. I want you to read John 1.18. And Dr. Tilly talks about this in the transcript. So... You hang on. I'll tell you which page to go to, too. I got my notes here. Don't worry about it. I got the notes all set up so we don't have to fumble around looking for this stuff. Hit the page six. And I'll tell you when to read it. Now, here's what it says in John 1.18 of the New Testament, King James Version. Read. John 1, verse 18, King James. No man hath seen God at any time. King James Version says no man has seen God at any time. Now I want to make a point here for everyone. I'm going to quickly make this. We have been taught when we came into the school that when we read in the Old Testament, wherever we come across Lord, we put in the name Yahweh. Wherever we see, because that's what was in the Torah, was the Tetragrammaton, which is the name of Yahweh. 
Then when we read God, that's talking about Elohim. And you'll see if you look in the Strong's Concordance in the Old Testament where you read God, it'll have the word Elohim there. So that whatever you read that, you know it's Yahweh, Elohim. Now, that is not the case in the New Testament. The New Testament is Greek. That, that wasn't written originally in Greek, but the copies were made all in Greek. So by the time that we get what we're reading, we've got copies of copies of copies. Now, if you look up in the Greek, it does not say, when you look at Lord, the tetragrammaton. Doesn't have that for the origination of that word. What it means is master or ruler. That's how Christianity came up with the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, when you read God, it simply means a deity. Now, whether you realize it or not, Yahweh in this state is a deity. He's a creator. He's a God. He's a deity. And so is Elohim. But they're one and the same. So we'll talk about that in a minute. Now, when you're reading in the New Testament, the only way for you to know what proper insertion to put into the text is for you to read what's being said and get the context of what Paul is referring to, what Yahweh is referring to, or you'll put the wrong thing in there and get yourself messed up of what part of the Godhead they're referring to. And Doc talks about this. Now, I'll show you what I'm talking about. In John 1, 18, it says, No man has seen God at any time. Get me, hold your finger, and get me, in King James, Exodus 24, 9. Then I want you to go to the sixth chapter of Isaiah. This is another one he pointed out in the transcript that I think you're going to like. Exodus 24, 9. Go ahead. Then went up Moses and Aaron, made Gavin Abijah. Now she's reading, when they came to Mount Sinai, out of the land of Egypt, they were told to gather around the mountain. Yahweh called up into this plateau area, this elevated part of the mountain. Moses, Aaron, his brother, Nadab, and Abihu, his two nephews, and 70 elders. Read. And 70 of the elders of Israel. And they saw the God of Israel. Now it says they saw the God of Israel. And when you go to a minister, which we've all done, I think, and ask them to describe and explain that discrepancy, they can't do it. Because they don't know the reality of the Godhead. We're going to talk about that in a minute. And because of that, they don't know what to say. I've, I've stumped more uh, clergy than you could shake a stick at just by asking them to answer. Please explain this. I'm studying the Bible. I need help. That's the way I approach them. I didn't come in that I'm a son of Yash when I know what I'm talking about. You understand? I've done this many times. And they don't know how to explain it. Some of them try this one. Well, that's the God of Israel back there. Like, that's a different God of the one that's you read right. about in the New Testament. Right. <laughs> now, Dr. Kelly was trying to show, because the Bible was has uh, interpolations in it, that people that, that were the scribes or the copyists, they didn't have a revelation. They don't know what Paul's talking about. They didn't know what some of the things Joshua said, so they inserted what they thought about it. You follow? Now, you on page six? Yes. Start reading for me here. Go ahead. No man has any. Oh, I'm reading, by the way, this transcript, in case you all want to know, it's called Explanation of the Godhead. It was given this lecture in 1971 
because there was confusion at that time in the class about the proper use and application of the Godhead, and he went down to correct their misunderstanding of the Godhead in class. Now we'll talk about that. That's possible. Don't get don't get all low. Oh, how can we? You're going to find out later that it's a great mystery. That's why. Now watch. Keep reading, please. Okay. No man has. He's referring to First John. The fourth chapter, the 18th verse. He called, first he called the four, the, 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 that chapter, and then they, they corrected it because they knew what he wanted. It was John 1, 18 that he wanted, and they did correct it. So go ahead. No man has seen the Father at any time. Now it says here, no man has seen the Father, and that's in the Holy Name Bible. You follow? Right. Read. Which happened to be correct, and we'll get to that in a minute. Read. Reader, and no man has seen the Father at any time. The only begotten Son, which was in the bosom of the Father, Dr. Kinley, he hath declared him. Now look, in your King James Version, and as King we read James out, Version, watch. And as we read out, that's a holy name Bible she's reading out of. And I want you to bring your King James Version too, mm -hmm. so that we can show you those discrepancies and errors and interpolations. Mm -hmm. And I want to let you know that there's some of them in that Holy Bi Name Bible, too. There's some in the Holy Name. He's going to get to that one later. We'll get to that one next. Read. How they get in there? Just copy them, and I'm going to bring one of them out to you. All right, read. No man has seen God at any time. Dr. Kinley, no man has seen God at any time. Now here, you read here, go to the 24th chapter of Exodus now. Then he had them read what we had in the 24th chapter. They saw the God of Israel. Right. Then went up Moses, Aaron, Nadab, and Abihu, and 70 of the elders of Israel, and they saw the God of Israel. All right, hang on for a second, because I want just everybody to be on the same page. So now listen, he's drawing out and trying to show you how there's mistakes in every Bible. When you say, I, I use the King James, or I use the Holy Name, they all got errors in them. They all, the writers and the, and the translators, and put interpolations in. You need to know the purpose and how it works for you to put in there the correct thing that is trying to be gotten across by Paul when he writes, or when Joshua made statements, and so on, when you're reading in that New Testament. Read. Reader, and they saw the Elohim. And they saw the Elohim. It did not say they saw Yahweh. That's right. Now listen. He's, re he's trying to explain to you that up here when these 74 people saw the God of Israel, it should be they saw the Elohim of Israel because Elohim can be seen in visions and revelations. Right. Yahweh transmuted into this so that he could people could see him or visualize him when they're uh, you know, he appeared to many all the way down through the Bible. There's no dispute that Yahweh Elohim appeared to one after the next. And I'm going to show you another example in a minute. Go ahead, read. Dr. Kinley, and they saw the Elohim. It did not say they saw Yahweh. It didn't say that. But over here in John, where you were reading, it said, The only begotten Son, which was in the bosom of the Father, he hath declared him. Read. Now, if I can't clarify it, then you see I'm not a son of Yahweh. Well, if I can't get it straight, then you shouldn't think that I know anything or that I'm a son of Yahweh. If I can't straighten this up for you, that's what he's telling you. Read. And I wasn't sent. That ought to be fair. Now, here is an interpolation. 
No man has seen Yahweh. No man has seen Yahweh at any time. Read. Isaiah never saw. Isaiah it. never saw him. Moses never saw it. Right. Ezekiel never saw it. Ezekiel never saw it. No man ever saw his presence there. Nobody ever saw his presence. So when they put Yahweh in there, that's a reference to pure spirit. Read. No man ever saw the Father, but the Son. Yeah. But the Son. Read that, please, again. No, no man, man has ever, ever seen. saw the Father, but the Son, Yahshua. But the Son, Yahshua. Read. He, he saw it. He saw it. Because he was in the bosom. Because he was in the bosom, Yahshua sees Yahweh. Right. And he goes on to explain that Yahshua is able to declare Yahweh because he has seen the Father. Now, you cannot comprehend this. It's inscrutable and incomprehensible unless you become spiritually minded in the Son of Yahshua and the Son reveals him to you. That's right. Now, go to, Matt, hold your finger in that transcript. Go to Matthew 11, 27. Matthew chapter 11. Everything is hinged on Yahshua the Messiah. That's right. Who Dr. Kinley later goes into that transcript says it is Elohim. <laughs> now watch. What we're dealing with here, read uh, Matthew 11, 27. Okay, Matthew 11, 27. All things are delivered unto me of my Here's father. Here's Joshua saying, All things are delivered unto me of my father. Read. And no man knoweth the son. No man knoweth the son except who? But the father. The father. Now listen. Rick got up here and was reading there in Hebrews about how he was the creator, the one that Yahweh created the creations through. Now, Yahshua was before December 25th. <laughs> we think, well, that's when Yahshua was born. That's when he comes in. No. There's another trend where Dr. Kinley talked about why you can't celebrate a day of Yahshua's birth. And he talks about how he was born in eternity, and there's no day you can put on it. Now, Yahshua himself said, before Abraham was, I am. That wasn't what Yahshua came into existence, was when he came out of uh, Mary. That was a specially prepared body that Elohim transmuted and then stepped inside of it and walked around, and I'll show you that in the scripture. And that says the same thing. Read. Neither knoweth any man the Father, save the Son. No one knows the Son except the Father. Neither knoweth any man the Father except the Son. Read. And he to whomsoever he son. shall reveal him to. Or declare. The word declare means to make known. Look it up. Why? The purpose is that Yahweh will be glorified by the offspring that Yahshua is required to bear. And therefore, he is making himself known to us through Yahweh, Elohim, and Yahshua. They are the manifestations of him. Manifestation, what is a manifestation if we can't see something invisible? Somebody got up here this weekend and talked about how invisible things are seen by manifestation. 
Well, if Elohim is a manifestation, Yahshua is a manifestation, what's the invisible thing we're supposed to see from that? Yahweh. Yahweh. Mm -hmm. Pure spirit. Now, go back over to where you were reading in here. Did you finish this yet? Uh, no. Well, go ahead. Okay. Pick it up again that, about uh, where Yahshua sees the Father. Uh, no man ever saw the Father but the Son, Yahshua. But the Son, Yahshua. He saw it because he was in the bosom of the Father. Read. It was he that declared the Father. Now are you all appreciating what I'm trying to tell you? Look, it was him that declared. Who did he declare it to? Right. He declared, he was talking with his apostles constantly, my father this, my father that, my father this. Finally, I think it was Philip, says, well, can we meet your father so we can be satisfied? You talk about your father all the time. I don't believe we ever had dinner with him. And Yahshua said this, well, you've got to wait till you die and go up above sun, moon, and star. No, here's what he said, have I, have I been with you so long that you haven't known me. He that has seen me has seen the Father, for I and the Father are what? One. It was the Father that was speaking out of Yahshua Messiah's body. It was the Father that raised people from the dead, that, that healed the sick. And how you say, well, how do you know that? Because the son said, he said, I can do nothing of myself. He said, it is the father that's doing the works. And Doc goes on and explains this, because this is where the controversy came in back there in 71. And in that transcript, he straightens out the whole problem and makes it as simple as apple pie. Now watch, if we finish that, because I'm on a clock here, and I think I'm not going to be able to get through this, obviously. He's running, oh my God, it's like a ticking time bomb. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Okay, this is page nine, let's see. Well, this, in page nine, I'm going to have to cut through this. He talks about how Yahshua, Yahweh is the source and substance of all things and attributes and how you can't get outside of them to turn around and look back. It's a whole, you read the, the whole nine page, but we haven't got time. All right. All right, wait a minute. Read here. Oh, boy. Start right there. See now, Yahweh is the okay. sum. Go ahead. See now, Yahweh is the sum total of everything. Now, Elohim, get this straight. This is a title for the Father in limitation. Now, Elohim is the title for the Father in limitations. Read. Now, I said limitations. Now, the reason why I said limitations was on this account. Because of the attributes that is embodied in him and organized in him makes up the shape and this form. There is nothing in Yahweh that isn't in this. But this is not the sum total of It's not the totality. What's in Elohim is the same thing that's in the Father. But it's not the totality of what's in the Father. It is a condensed version of the Father. For you to be able to grasp and understand. That's why he condensed himself. 
because he knew that it is impossible for you to comprehend the totality of his. You'll never come to the end, uh, exhaust the knowledge of Yahweh, how he actually is and truly exists. We will go on in purposes after this to learn more, and then so on. But in this purpose, he condensed himself to a particular aspect of himself and demonstrated himself so you would know that part of him. And it was in Elohim, which is also in Yahshua, what could be known of the Father. Keep reading. Now, if it was the sum total of all of it, then he couldn't be in the bosom. Mm -hmm. So now you see how I had such a back it up, back there, and back in. Now you see how I'm struggling for words. Now, Isaiah, he didn't see the sum total of it, but he did see this Elohim. That's right. That's why he didn't see Yahweh. When he said, now, over in Isaiah, in Isaiah and Uzziah saw Yahweh, he said, no, no, no. You, no man has seen Yahweh. But Elohim, he saw that Yahweh in that limited state. Read. And Moses, them, they saw Elohim, but the scribe went to sleep and he said, let me continue on here. Okay. All right. Well, because of time, we're going to cut through this because I got a whole lot on this. I would recommend you read this transcript yourself. And, and get the context of it. Uh, I want to get down to the next section here because there's something we want to get to the conclusion of some things Dr. Finley worked with. Let's see. Okay, this is great. Start right here. Start here. He declared okay. the unclean. Okay. I cut this up. Please, please forgive the fact that I have to cut this up because I'm because Andy's got the buzzer on me. He's going to kill me. <laughs> and I don't want to whack this thing that he set up and break it. It'll make me pay for it, and I'm cheap. <laughs> Go ahead and read. This is page thirteen. He declared the end from the beginning. Now let's get this out. Now get this out. Now this is the Father. This is the incorporeal Son. And he's in the Father. Now then he comes on down into this physical manifestation. Right. Keep reading. Now what you have here is the Father. And he's pointing to the cloud. This is Yahweh. Now this is Yahweh here in part, Elohim. Right. Not the sum total for all of it because it was all. The total is in here. But he was in the Father and the Father. That substance was in this. Intelligence and wisdom and knowledge and all was in this. Great. Now this is incorporeal. Right. Now this is incorporeal. Now this is what I, I, Isaiah saw. He didn't see this. Great. This is what Moses saw. He didn't see all this. The spirit. Great. Now then, when he come on down, now let's put it like this. Now this is Yahweh too. But this is Yahweh Elohim in shape and form. Mm -hmm. Then he comes on down here in Yahshua. That's physical, that's natural. Mm -hmm. Now he's still the Father. Mm -hmm. The Father's still in him. Now listen, this is what you have. You got Yahweh one. You got Yahweh one. Yahweh two. Yahweh two. And you got Yahweh three. And you got Yahweh three. three. And yet, all you have got is Yahweh. And yet, all you have is Yahweh. See, Yahweh in his sum total. He's Yahweh in his what? Sum total. Great. Yahweh in shape and form. Yahweh in shape and form. Incorporate. Incorporation. Uh -huh. in a vision and 
Revelation. I mean, come on, keep reading. It's it's just simple and stuff. And then you've got Yahweh here in physical manifestation. Now you got him in the physical God. manifestation. It's the same spirit. There's no division between Yahweh, Elohim, and Yahshua. Mm -hmm. It's Yahweh. We and, and Rick said well because I know I thought this at one point that once Yahweh formed Elohim, he's sitting back letting his two, you know, his, Elohim and Yahshua bring forth and carry out the purpose. He's saying it here. No, it's Yahweh now that is in Elohim and Yahshua carrying forth. He's carrying out his own purpose through the incorporealization and the corporeal. That's right. Read. Is there any more in there? Yeah. All right, now we're going to go to this one last area because I had to cut through. Okay, I just got to have you read this. Well, he says here, he says here, now then you've got Yahweh here in physical manifestation, but it's all Yahweh. Now here's Christendom. Christendom says it's three in the Godhead. And Jehovah's Witnesses have said this, that Jesus was the chief, God's chief representative on the earth plane. So he runs over and go get this, 1 Timothy 3.16. Are we done in that? I'm, no, you're not done with that. <laughs> no. First Timothy 3, verse 16, and without controversy. Now, this is Paul. He's saying without controversy. Great is the mystery. Great. It, Dr. Kim used to do it like this. He used to go, great is the mystery great of godliness, which means great is the mystery of the threefold uh, nature of Yahweh as, as far as working in uh, pure spirit through the intermediate and then in the concrete. It's a great mystery. Even Paul writes that had they known who Yahshua was, they never would have crucified him. You follow? Now read. Yahweh was manifest in the flesh. He would, now, he's, now in your King James it says Elohim. Right? It says God, right? Now, Dr. Kinley talks about that. He talks about where, where you read there where it says God was manifested in the flesh, that that was Elohim now, or the Word made flesh, that dwelt in the flesh. It was Elohim walking around in that body. Read. Elohim was manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit. He was justified in the spirit. Seen of angels. He was seen of angels. Preached unto the Gentiles. He was preached unto the Gentiles. Believed on in the world. Believed on in the world. Received, up. received back up into glory. Now Yahshua did ascend back up into glory. Now go ahead and uh, we can't read that. Let's see. Here he says without controversy. Doctor Kinley, read. Doctor Kinley, without controversy. Now listen, you know what that means. Without controversy. Now you just might as well all shut up. There ain't going to be no argument. There ain't going to be no debate. Without any argument and without any debate or without any further discussion, without you spinning your opinion and you spinning your irrespective and, and regardless to what you believe, even without you saying anything, he says, my time is gone. But without controversy, great is the mystery of Elohim was manifested in the flesh. Dr. Kinley, God. God was what? Manifest in, in the, the flesh. flesh. Mm. Dr. Kinley, now you'll stand around with your stupidity and colossal ignorance of the Godhead bodily. Let me put it so you'll know what I'm talking about. You're saying that Jesus is God's chief representative on earth. Which is what he said the Jehovah Witnesses were saying. So the same thing happened in class back there. Read. Not. 
That was God himself that was manifested that was in that fire. That was God or Elohim himself that was manifested in the flesh. Read. He wasn't no chief representative. He wasn't no chief representative. Read. Now those three, that Yahweh, get this now. Yahweh is one. Yahweh manifested in corporalization is two. Yahweh manifesting in the physical is three. That's it. <laughs> You know, so what I'm going to tell you is if you take the time to read this transcript and then go through it and think about it, uh, what Doc is saying here, he nails this whole thing, and all I can tell you is it's simple. Mm -hmm. It's simple, and we wouldn't know nothing about it had he not had a vision and revelation straight from the Creator was able to break it down and explain it. And that's what the scriptures are for. The scriptures are set up to be a backdrop in this regard, they are manifestations of the purpose of Yahweh. The purpose of Yahweh is not written in black and white in your Bible. Dr. Kinley says that. That's my first bell or second? Second. First, second? Okay, so I'm done. I'm done. But I'm going to tell you this. The purpose of Yahweh are those spiritual principles that are hidden in a mystery that are spiritually discerned and that they have to be witnessed by manifestations down through the law and the prophets. So when you have a doctrine or a principle you want to get across, you need to be able to line up the manifestations in the law and the prophets that give witness to that principle. That's a cogent witness. And I'm going to say this before I sit down. Doc said the transcripts and the textbook are not witnesses. That's right. There's nothing wrong with quoting them. But you still have to go in the scriptures and back it up. That's right. And the buck does not stop there. And that's the way we solve disputes about doctrine. We go in the scriptures and show our witnesses how it's manifesting what we're trying to get across. And it should be done with love. It should be done with courteousness towards each other, not fighting and arguing and mad and spitting and all the rest of it. So I want to say this, the love that we all have experienced this weekend is just phenomenal. We thank Andy and the whole gang here. I call Andy and his gang, <laughs> who was once my gang, uh, for your love, your hospitality, your work, and all that. Because this is worthwhile for us all to come together. And after that long COVID stretch, what a breath of fresh air. Yes. Thank you very much. I'll turn it back to the moderator. Uh, I'll give you the mic and everybody peace in Yashua. Before we close, in the past we used to go to the China Buffet. They are open. And we do have the back corner reserved for people if they want to go to the China Buffet. And tell me, remember that? We have our prices. What's the cost? Uh, adults are approximately $15, and then children 12 and under are reduced cost. Now they're reserving the back corner yeah. for us? Yes. Reserved under IDMR. Reservations for what time? Uh, we said we'd be there around 2 to 2.30. So if you want to go around 2 or 2.30, they have the back corner in the past reserved for us at the China Buffet on the inside. We'll put the name and we'll address. address. Okay. If you want to come, you're welcome. But we're not kicking you out of here because it's only 1.30. We're talking an hour. 2 to 2.30. 2 to 2.30 is what the reservation is for. Any questions, we'll put the address.
Anyone here is welcome. But again, with anything you do, there's always a risk. Close class. Thank you for attending this lecture. And we will be having, just a reminder, we will be having an in-person class on this upcoming Tuesday, the 13th, from 7 until 9 Central Time. I will dismiss us with a doxology, which can be found in Jude, verses 24 through 25. Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy, to the only wise Elohim, our Savior, through Yahshua the Messiah, our Sovereign, belong glory and majesty, dominion and power, both before all time and now and forever. Let's all say it. Amen. Amen.